Hello, everyone. Joe Morton here for this edition of Cup of Joe. Welcome to this edition, and thank you for joining. This is a 98 Studio production. Grateful the chance to be here today with such a good friend, longtime friend, and incredible uh, medical practitioner. Um, is a an MD, but also osteopathic physician, which is a medical practitioner, of course, a doctor a physician, but also can do, help me understand this correctly, you can do spinal manipulation and you're, you you uh, focus on longevity and you're, so much that you incorporate in your practice, correct, Dr. Johnson? Yes, that's true. And so during our medical training, we take somewhere north of 500 extra hours to learn you know, information about the spine. And you know, the thing that's interesting about spinal manipulation is uh, really what you're doing is you're, you, you're mobilizing the spine, but you're really trying to help the nervous system because mm. that's where all of our nerves come out. And so it really is more of a, yes, it can help with certain musculoskeletal issues, but it truly is a modality to create that lovely term called homeostasis or balance within the body um, at, in all aspects. And we're seeing today a lot of chronic illness and it's on the rise, autoimmune disorders. There's a lot of issues that are happening uh, without a great explanation, but we do know that one of the main contributors is a nervous system that is uh, out of balance. And so to balance your nervous system is crucial, and we'll probably talk about a few ways to do that. Yes, for sure. Today. For sure. Also, uh, quite exciting that you you delivered my brother's children. I mean, Dr. David Morton and Celine's uh, children, which is cool. And you were my parents' um, uh, doctor before you moved up to Montana. You live in Montana right now in in the the thriving metropolis of how many? 3,000 people. Is that correct? A thriving metropolis of uh, 3,000 in a little town called Deer Lodge. We're kind of on western Montana. We're about halfway between uh, bigger cities that people are probably familiar with called Butte and Missoula. And, um, you know, just something I always wanted to do, uh, in my career was to practice in a rural setting. And, and, uh, and so here I am in a little critical care hospital that's got a clinic and emergency room and, a, you know, 12, 12 hospital beds and we have four emergency rooms and, uh, we just kind of, you know, out in the middle of nowhere medicine and doing the best that we can to, to help people change their lives. I have, a. I have uh, a love for the small town feel because I grew up in a small town, about 3,000 people. Now it has doubled to like 6,000 people or so. Wow. But that's been like, I moved away what, almost 32 years ago. So it is, <laughs> it, 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 it uh, but I understand what it's like to have like one light and, you know, the one donut shop and the, you know, the, the, the that kind of, I love that. Yeah. I think it's just beautiful. However, in Canada, even those small towns had their own hockey arena. That's how important hockey is. <laughs> I bet you it's beautiful up there, isn't it? It is beautiful. There's 65 lakes in the surrounding mountains. Uh, we got a little ski resort about 45 minutes from us. Um, wonderful golf courses, you know, nestled up in the mountains. And so, yeah, we, yeah, we love it. It was a bold move to sell a practice where I had been established in Utah for, you know, 25 plus years. But, um, it's all worked out for the best. 
so far. So, so far, so good. That's wonderful. I'm really, really happy. And we had an opportunity to work together for many years, travel the world and, and a lot of speaking engagements and, and really appreciated your insight, really appreciated your knowledge and your experience and your expertise. Um, I always look to you for, uh, uh, counsel over the years and, um, and I've just enjoyed our relationship, both professional, but also personal. And, uh, and one thing I appreciate about you, Dr. Johnson, and I'll brag on you a little bit is you practice what you preach. I mean, you are in phenomenal shape and I follow you, even though you've moved up to uh, Montana, I mean, your, your fitness level is outstanding and you're, and you're very concerned about, of course, what you put in your body and, 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 uh, I really appreciate that. That I, I, I'm sure that your your patients appreciate that too. Do you be able to come to a, a medical practitioner, an expert of your at your level, and and know that you're not just saying something, but you practice it? Well, I appreciate that, Joe, and 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 I agree. I don't think there's anything that I would ask my patients to do that I haven't tried myself or incorporated into my own life, uh, and and um, you know, as a, in my journey in medicine, the one thing that uh, I learned quickly was in, in mainstream medicine, we're, we're very good at managing disease and that can be very helpful, uh, for a lot of people, but we're not very good at fixing disease. And, and I don't think we're very good at preventing disease. And that's kind of been my, uh, uh, soapbox in trying to help people understand the importance of, uh, probably, you know, you've heard me say this before, the most powerful, you know, medical tool that we have is called the fork, right? And, and so what we put in our mouths is extremely important and uh, more powerful than any medication that uh, can be prescribed. Um, and so, um, you know, one of the pillars of health, certainly your nutrition is the foundation and, and then physical activity to stay, mo- you know, moving, very important. And a lot of science is coming out now. And I think there's a grassroots movement in medicine to try to get to the root of issues for patients and try to help them empower, you know, empower them with knowledge so that they can incorporate, um, you know, better habits into their own lives. And everybody's on a journey, right? And uh, I always, I kind of call it the good, better, best journey because some of us, you know, and when we start going into a better, healthy living, you know, first thing we're going to do, hey, I'm going to give up, you know, sugary beverages. I'm not going to drink soda anymore. Hey, that's awesome. And as you you know, move into that world, then you realize, well, hey, I, I was able to do that. So now I'm going to start walking, you know, and it has the snowball effect. And there's always, and what I mean by good, better, best, there's good choices, there's better choices, and there's always the best choice. And everybody's a little bit different where they're at on that journey. But as long as we're all working together, I think that's key. Mm-hmm. I love that. I love that you're talking about a, a, a stepping stone almost for a person mm-hmm. who's joining. And you mentioned something that I, I believe strongly in, and is that we do hold the key to our health and wellness, don't we? I mean, it is us. It's ultimately our decision, but that we start, if it needs to be that we start um, baby steps, then start with baby steps and just start going. Mm-hmm. I think sometimes it's easier to go after, you know, the saying, the lowest hanging fruit, and is that to eliminate bad things at first. So sometimes people might need to start reading label, labels and say, hey, you know, I'm not going to uh, consume products that have high fructose corn syrup. I'm not going to consume products that have inflammatory, you know, oils, seed oils in them. And you do that, you're eliminating probably 80%, 90% of processed food right there. But that's okay, because now we're getting into real food. 
And anytime uh, you give your body a chance to heal, it'll fix it. We just got to give it the opportunity. Mm -hmm. We are an incredible machine, aren't we? We're just a miracle. The more I get involved in medicine and the more I study and try to think outside that box, um, it, it, it's amazing what the human body can do and how it can heal. You know, nowadays I work more in the emergency department than I do in a clinic. And uh, so I see all sorts of bumps and bruises and trauma and, you know, but you just think about a, you know, like, for example, a cut or a laceration on someone's arm. Within hours, the body's going, it was going to heal that, you know, it stopped in the bleeding, it started to bring in new tissue. And sure, we put some stitches in, but that cut would heal irregardless, you know, of what we did within a few weeks and amazing and fascinating that you can watch right before your very eyes how the body will take care of itself. You know, if a person's looking for something to be grateful for, don't look much further than this amazing body that we all have. Yeah. And it just does its thing if we treat it right, right? Oh, isn't that the truth? You know, and, and I think a lot of it too is making sure that we're, um, again, doing the simple things. And the simple things to me are trying to make good choices. And some days we'll make some great choices and some days not so great. You know, but to me, it's the, it's that, you know, the, uh, uh, that's, it's the, it's the journey, not the destination, right? So if one day is good and the next day not so good, well, the next day I'm going to do better. And, and, uh, you just kind of keep plugging away at that. And again, incorporating things into your life that will enhance your health. And one of those is sleep. That's right. And I'm so glad we could go in so many directions. We're going to have to probably do another podcast sometime because you're, you're just one of the most fascinating people um, for me to be able to spend time with. I always enjoy our conversations, fun and also professional conversations. Um, but sleep, I remember uh, when you talk, when you're, when you were talking, we, we, we were working with a sleep product at one point um, mm -hmm. in, in our past life in a, in a, former, right. in a former life <laughs> together. And I remember you using this example of, and it's always stuck with me. It's amazing how when something uh, you're able to teach something and you have an ability and I give you that uh, credit, there's a gift of yours to be able to take something complex and be able to help a person understand uh, something. And um, I believe that sleep, we need to make sleep a priority. Mm -hmm. uh, all of us mm -hmm. and recognize that it is a priority because you said once, and it stuck with me, when you go to sleep at night, it's like you put up a bunch of construct under construction signs and you need to let your body do what it's capable and what it's meant to do during that sleep. Can you, t because mm -hmm. if we don't sleep is so important in so many ways. So why would you say that the under construction side, I love that analogy and it's, it's really, it's really stuck with me. Well, and I appreciate that, you know, on that previous journey that we were on together, the, it, there was a lot of information at that time that was way ahead of its time. I think back on that frequently and, you know, that journey was spot on. I mean, we were talking about things 15, 20 years ago that now science is validating and starting to come around. And so to me, it's kind of an exciting time. But now we've learned through several studies, the value of sleep. It's kind of a fascinating entity on why does the body require sleep? If you really think about it for a minute, you know, every pretty much every species, every mammal requires a certain amount of downtime and and to 
you know, and, and the then big question is, is why? Why do we require sleep? Why do you, and then why do young people require more sleep than older people? You know, it, it's, it, to me, if you, we just kind of take it for granted, it's kind of like breathing, you know, when we're breathing, we're, we're, we're doing, we're on autopilot. And when we sleep, we don't really understand what's happening. We just know we're tired and we're going to get some rest. What's fascinating though, and you brought it up was it's amazing. Again, this, this wonderful body that we have and what it's doing and telling us to, Hey, it's time to shut down because I've got to fix some things that you kind of did to me during the day that, that has created some imbalances and, you know, and we get technical in some of the terms, you know, you're getting to your DNA and some of the DNAs aren't paired just right. I've got to go in there and fix that and do some construction and repair. So it's good to good and not good and bad or bad to bad. And that all happens while we're sleeping. And so we know that there's a janitorial system in our body that uh, uh, goes around and cleans up worn out cells and worn out tissues and repair so that when we wake up the next morning, we're rejuvenated, we're ready for a new day, our minds are fresh. And unfortunately, I will guarantee there's a lot of people out there going, wait a minute, I don't wake up feeling refreshed. I don't wake up feeling invigorated. I'm not, I wake up thinking I need another two or three hours. And, you know, and, and if that's happening, we need to, you know, hack that to improve our sleep quality. And there's things that we can talk about that, that uh, simple things that will enhance your sleep. Because again, that's when your immune system is fixing things and getting ready for a new day. The problem is, is if we cheat ourselves out of sleep, that's cumulative over time. And so this is how disease then can get into the body, right? And we've talked about this before, dis-ease. You know, it's imbalance within the system. We use the other term homeostasis, which is the Latin for balance, basically. Uh, homeo meaning the house, the home, the person, stasis. I mean, a good balanced situation. And so it, to, cho- to achieve homeostasis, sleep is crucial. And I've got to prevent disease. Again, sleep is crucial. And the quality of sleep is extremely important. And, you know, how much sleep people need is variable. Uh, and, and again, we can talk about that a little bit, but you're 100% correct. That's exactly when we are trying to repair. So if we don't, if our construction crew needs seven hours to fix things and we give it five, that's going to add up over time to where then our, uh, you know, our balance within our health is very susceptible to illness coming in. And whether that's an acute illness, meaning a cold, a bronchitis, or if this is a chronic illness, meaning autoimmune uh, sleep is the, probably the most powerful tool we have to prevent disease from coming into our body. You know, uh, I'm, I'm glad you brought that up. There was a podcast I was listening to recently and they were saying, isn't it, isn't it interesting that through evolution, we have not factored out sleep somehow out for all these thousands, like that's not one. So make it a priority. And I thought that was a very interesting point that we need it. We need it. And so if we don't get it, Dr. Johnson, what can, I mean, we, we kind of all know what we're going to get grumpy. We're not going to think straight. We're not going to make right decisions. Um, we get sick, right? It affects our immune system. Weight gain. Many people don't consider that. That weight, time. Yeah. Like, maybe go through some of the stuff you've been practicing a lot of years. What are some of the, some of the things that you see is pretty common when a person's not getting enough sleep? 
You know, that, yeah, excellent question. And this is a, a, a big topic, right? Because uh, it really is lack sleep. Getting lack of sleep is like throwing a big boulder into your wellness pond and it just ripples into all the aspects of our lives. As you mentioned, not only our immune system, and our ability to fight off illness, uh, but also to prevent cancers. It's also extremely important to, to uh, with our immune system so we don't develop autoimmune. This is what our nervous system kind of gets some rest so that we can have that balance between the two major types of the nervous system. Uh, you know, we call it the autonomic or the automatic nervous system. And there's what we call the parasympathetic. And then there's the sympathetic and sympathetic quickly is you're putting your foot on the gas. That's your fight or flight mechanism. Parasympathetic is I'm going to put my foot on the brake and kind of calm things down. And extremely important that we have a balance between those two. Sleep creates that balance. And this is one way to track your sleep and, and understand how, how, you know, what kind of quality of sleep am I getting um, in, in understanding what we call heart rate variability. So heart rate variability, a lot of our little devices nowadays track that, right? Yep, exactly. And so uh, one of my favorites is called an Aura Ring, uh, O-U-R-A. This is a device that you can purchase and uh, just flips on your finger as a ring. And it, 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 it will track your sleep stages, give you ideas on how to improve. The point is, is if I have some data, then I know how to hack it and I know how to improve it. And then there's little things that I can do. But nonetheless, let's suppose that I don't have all these fancy devices, then I'm going to use how I feel. Well, that's a novel concept. Um, Something we've lost lost touch with over the years, you know, listen to your body, right? Listen to your body. Right. Because the smartest doctor in the room is your body. And it's going to tell us what's what's going on if we listen. Unfortunately, uh, as physicians, we don't always listen as closely as we should. And, uh, you know, the average uh, physician gives you, I think it's somewhere around 15 to 20 seconds before we interrupt you with another question. And so it's got, it's not a statistic that I'm proud of, but we're trying to cut to the chase on exactly. I know you're different. I know you're different though. I know you're different and I appreciate that in you. (laughs) Sorry. Continue. Well, we, yeah, we do try to listen because again, Patients will tell me what's going on um, if, if you listen close enough. And it, it's, so it's fascinating. And even though they don't know they're making the diagnosis, they oftentimes will because their bodies, you know, through energy and we can get into a lot of that type of information, um, uh, it, uh, you know, they'll eventually tell you. But sleep, and so this heart rate variability in, in a very simplistic explanation is kind of the understanding of what my balance is between these two nervous systems. And unfortunately, in today's world, and especially, you know, uh, uh, we're post-pandemic. During the pandemic, we saw a lot of um, interesting illnesses come forth in addition to, you know, the novel virus, but also other problems, mainly behavioral health. And so that's one big area that I see um really wreak havoc on our bodies when we lack sleep is people start to become depressed. They start to develop anxiety. They start to develop irritabilities or mood disorders, and they think they need a medication to fix that. When in reality, if they just enhance their sleep, it would fix it much faster and without any side effects other than you feel better. You know, as parents, we, we instinctively know you see your kid becoming grumpy and grouchy and, and, well, they need to get some sleep. 
But why don't we continue that on as parents? I mean, and as, as adults, I should say, as adults, the, the process, the, it's still the same. We still need our sleep. And if we don't, mm-hmm. we do get grouchy. Our immune systems are off. Um, it can affect our men. I know in my, in my case, Dr. Johnson, it really affects my mental health, the way I see the world, the way I see problem solving, for example, something like problem solving on a daily basis. I'm not able to do that as well if I don't get enough sleep. That's true. And you're right about kids. I mean, if they're grumpy, either there's only a couple of things. They're easy. Either A, they're not getting enough sleep or two, they're constipated. So you, if you can get them to sleep well and. And how different are we as adults, right? <laughs> then they're going to do very well and feel better. But unfortunately, we are seeing a lot of um, behavioral, med- you know, mental illness and behavioral um, issues, uh, uh, you know, in the younger populations. I mean, I'm having kids come into the emergency department, 10, 11, 12, 13 years old with suicidal thoughts. They shouldn't even be thinking those things at that age. Um, you know, uh, anxiety over the top, uh, attention deficit's a big one. And, and attention deficit is, is a very fascinating, uh, you know, mental health issue because it's oftentimes, it's a symptom. It's not actually a disease. And, and, and so if I can fix, you know, whatever's causing that symptom, and then I can oftentimes mitigate those, sim- you know, what's happening and why I'm behaving. Because if you think about it, we all have a little bit of attention deficit where we're talking about that. And oftentimes that's kind of what drives success. We can get, uh, you know, we can, we can multitask. We can do a lot of things at once. Uh, but as we age, we learn quickly that that's not always the most efficient. So we surround ourselves with people that are more focused and we can start the project, they finish it for us. Right. And so, um, you know, if you think back to in our previous lives, you're traveling the world, you're going in and out of a lot of time zone. So unfortunately you're, 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 uh, you know, your body as you're doing meetings when you should be sleeping and vice versa. And, and, uh, and that type of travel is very difficult, you know, over time on the body, unless we're doing things to take care of ourselves and making sure, like you said, we're getting adequate sleep and, and not only adequate sleep, because a lot of times people, you know, most experts nowadays are recommending somewhere between seven to nine hours. Okay. Uh, some of us get that and some of us don't. I mean, I bet there's a lot of people that just sighed out there going, Oh man, I'm lucky if I get five or six. Well, you know, if, if you do it right and you hack your sleep, as we call it in the world of this term, keen, you know, where you're trying to, hack your biology to figure out how to enhance it, you can increase the quality of your sleep so that, you know, six, six and a half hours could be adequate to wake up, you know, refreshed and with that invigorated mindset that uh, you can accomplish things. The thing that's fascinating to me is, as you know, we mentioned briefly about how important sleep is. And that's one thing that's, you know, always been an important part of evolution and so on. But you know, it, it, it's almost autopilot because as the sun goes down and lights go down, messages are sent to our, you know, through our eyeballs that, hey, it's time to start shutting down. It's time to go to sleep. So one thing that's kind of disrupted our sleep is this fancy little invention called the light bulb. And the light bulb, yes, that's offered us an ability to stay up later and accomplish things, but it's also interfered with our sleep because it's sending messages through your eyes to say, hey, it's still daylight. You still need to be up. You still need to be awake and doing things when it really should be 
kind of that red light sending messages as a sunset going saying, hey, it's time to shut down. We're going to be going to sleep here shortly. So that's one little hack that you can do in your bedroom is change your lighting. You know, put red light bulbs into your into your uh, uh, light sockets uh, um, or your lamps so that, again, it's sending you a message or using if if you have infrared, infrared would be a fabulous thing before bed. Um, but making sure that you're minimizing the amount of blue light that you're being exposed to before bed. So if I can't necessarily change my light bulbs, if there's because there's always a significant other involved and they might veto that move. Then you can get those those uh, nighttime glasses that uh, kind of you know the blue blockers, the true darks they call them these brands, and you put them on in the evening, and it sends a signal because it's eliminating certain spectrums of light to say, hey, hey, body, hey, hormones, hey, melatonin, it's time to start being produced so that I can sleep. And uh, so, so getting rid of light junk very important uh at you know if i have a hard time sleeping so if people feel like they're sleeping well good for you but if i'm struggling then that's one thing that i can do the other thing is trying to time your meals it, you you don't want to eat late right so if you can avoid eating uh you know two three hours even longer before you go to bed you're going to get a much higher quality sleep avoiding caffeine these type of things are important Probably caffeine after about two o'clock. Most people gasp again because they're, you know, and, and I have a lot of colleagues that live on caffeine in the medical world and they're like, well, I can drink caffeine and, you know, 30 minutes later, go right to bed. And that's probably true. Um, I myself being one of those, but unfortunately what it does is it keeps your heart rate elevated. And if my heart rate's elevated while I sleep, my body thinks I'm awake. So my quality of sleep drops. So then I don't wake up feeling rested. So I fell asleep, but I didn't get through all the stages of sleep and, and cycle through those in a high quality way so that I wake up feeling, you know, rested and invigorated. So I, I love this. Okay. Let's dive into these different hacks that hacks or, or, or habits that we can start developing. So you talk about light, which, um, yeah. I mean, we're, we're all doing that. We're, we're looking at, we're looking at our phones, um, Right up until we go to sleep. I mean, how many people are laying in their bed staring at their phones or TVs? Can TV affect that as well? I assume what yes. you're talking about. Yeah. So you want to eliminate electronics from your bedroom. You really want your bedroom uh, uh, basically for sleep, you know, and intimacy. And that's about it. You don't want to be doing a lot of activities. Now, if someone wants to read a little bit, I think that's fine, but if you want to read, then you wear those blue blocker glasses or true darks as they call them, or you use candlelight or red light or read, to read with, with an actual book versus like yeah, read with a book. Yeah, don't yeah. use your electronic because yeah. electronic is sending signals to the eyeballs to say, "Hey, stay awake." Okay, and then the eating part. This is this is a you probably heard of Brian Johnson, the guy that's trying to yeah, you know, he has a rule that I mean this might a little bit extreme, but he is all about getting that perfect sleep score. And I mean, he doesn't eat past, I think it's one o'clock in the afternoon or something like that. Like that's Yeah, his life's pretty rigid. Yeah, that's pretty rigid. <laughs> but the point being, but the point being, we got to be careful what we're putting in because your body starts to digest, right? And it's got to work at it. Is that why you want to be careful like past six o'clock or seven o'clock, whatever that timeline is? Yes. 
And and because then your blood supply is predominantly going to the intestines to digest, then it is going to the brain to repair. Okay. And so you're kind of stealing the blood flow as you're trying to. And I, and a lot of people know this. I mean, you go to bed after eating a big old grass-fed steak and and you're laying there and you're sweating like a dog and you know, you you just you just you don't feel, you know, you don't feel good, you don't feel rested. So, yeah. The other thing to understand too, and you brought it up, which was an excellent point, was people that have a hard time losing weight, you need to take a good hard look at your sleep. Because if you're getting the right amount of sleep, your metabolism will kick in and you'll lose weight. The uh, so, so sleep it's, actually it's helps you lose weight if you're getting the that's proper right. amount of sleep, correct? That's right. Oh, wow. Because in the evening, that's when you're the most insulin resistant. So your hormone insulin doesn't work well. So you don't want to eat a lot of carbohydrates or drink a lot of carbohydrates before you go to bed because that's going to raise your blood sugar. Once again, the body thinks it's in fight or flight. The body's going, why do I have all this sugar in my blood? Am I running from a predator? And so, again, it disrupts the quality of the sleep, the balance between those um, you know, nervous systems, as we talked about, uh, the blood flow that's supposed to be going to the brain. And so there's a lot of um, small entities that people kind of overlook and take for granted that can be very disruptive over time. I understand every now and then. We saw it in the previous life with meetings. You know, you're having dinners fairly late. Um, I but got that into was some more bad the exception habits. than the rule. I got yeah. into some bad habits and I had to break those habits over the years. Right. And, and, and you know, and that's going to happen periodically. If, if I have to have a meal late because of uh, whatever, you know, uh, uh, extenuating circumstances, then afterwards I'm loading up with supplements that mitigate blood sugar levels, you know, that help kind of control that, uh, digestive enzymes, you know, other types of uh, nutrients that will help my body kind of enhance its ability to create uh, balance while I'm sleeping. Excellent stuff. Okay. So we got blue light. We're talking about well, blue light glasses and yeah. talking about yeah. shutting that down uh, er, sooner than later. You don't want to do that too mm-hmm. late. You're talking about caffeine and everyone needs to get to know their own body. I'm like that way. I, I'm, I'm that person two, three in the afternoon, much past that it affects my sleep patterns. And so I have to be very cautious and everyone needs to get to know their own body from, I love that. Um, the eating part, eating and drinking too, I would say drinking. I mean, you don't want to be drinking too late into the evening because then you're up peeing, right? Correct. Especially for us older guys. (laughs) And so it's, you know, my, my, I got twin boys that are 10, they can, you know, drink a half a gallon in the evening and they're fine. Sleep like a baby. Me, yeah, I'm getting up three, four times, right? So it's, uh, yeah, it's a little bit different uh, situation. But to drink, to drink water, I think is important. I think what's, although you're right, you want to cut that off so that's not too late. And that's something you have to play with and everybody's uh, individual. Mm-hmm. But I think what's more important in the evening that we lack sometimes is electrolytes. And, and very important to get minerals, and electrolytes into our system because a lot of people nowadays, and I see this a lot in the world of heart disease, which would be another great subject to talk about at some point in the future. And, uh, um, is that, you know, oh, stay away from salt. No, no, no. It's not a salt intake problem for most people. It's a salt retention problem. Well, why am I retaining salt? Well, cause you're inflamed. Why am I inflamed? Well, it's lifestyle. Number one. But sometimes sleep deprivation can certainly inflame me. 
So in other words, I want to make sure. So at night, I'll I'll go out of my way to make sure I drink a nice, um, you know, sugar free, meaning that they don't use weird sweeteners and so on. Maybe stevia is fine to, uh, um, you know, electrolyte beverage so that mm-hmm. I can uh, balance those electrolytes while I'm sleeping because your body needs, you know, the sodiums and the potassiums and the magnesiums and chlorides in order to create balance. Most of us, unfortunately, don't get enough electrolytes throughout the day, which is another very important part to help with sleep. Magnesium, especially. Magnesium is most of us are deficient. Uh, most Americans, the most, as the, I read a study the other day, they rec- they estimate somewhere close to 80%. And um, magnesium, very important uh, uh, mineral. In, um, it's relaxing to create too, balance right? within the system for sleep. It, it activates that parasympathetic nervous system that we talked about that helps create a, a, a more robust heart rate variability. It, it, like I said, it's a relaxer. It's great for anxiety. It calms the brain. And so uh, there's nothing but benefits. If you get too much magnesium, you'll know um, because you'll start, uh, you'll develop some pretty loose stools. So mm-hmm. you'll get your cardio in because you'll be running to the bathroom. But uh, uh, many but of us rare. could use. That's right. <laughs> um, that's rare. <laughs> okay. So, okay. We're talking about malt. This is great, great, great information. Alcohol. That affects sleep too, doesn't it? It, very negative. In fact, unfortunately, um, and and I, I apologize to people that like a glass of wine or something at night. Uh, um, it it they're showing basically now that no amount of alcohol is good. Unfortunately, um, especially you know at night because very disruptive to the sleep uh, creates a lot of inflammation within the system. Creates byproducts. Everybody knows uh, as. They can attest the next morning. They don't feel so good if they have a little too much, um, you know, acetylaldehyde, we call it. It's a fancy word, but basically it's a byproduct that wreaks havoc on the system and develop, uh, uh, in the sense of disbalance, right? And so, or, or imbalances when, with those electrolytes and those minerals. And so alcohol, yeah, major no-no. I mean, if you want a good night's sleep, you know, uh, uh, yeah, it, you want to stay away from alcohol, especially late. This is, this is such good information. Okay. So you mentioned earlier these devices and there's lots of different ones. There's Garmin's, there's Apple watch, there's, cause I, I believe that, um, in order to make sleep a priority, sometimes it's good to understand your baseline and understand what, what is happening when we're attempting to sleep, when we're supposed to be under construction, so to speak. Um, and there's good, there's whoops. Whoops is a good, uh, you mentioned the, the, the ring. I, I was not aware Aura? of that one. That's cool. Yeah. I was not aware of so that it's one. O, it's O-U-R-A. Okay. Oh. Another yeah. way to be able to track our sleep. So maybe we can, um, maybe you can help us understand the different stages of sleep. You mentioned that because these devices, my Garmin actually walks me through the different stages and says, you're in this stage, you're in REM, you're in, you know, how is that helpful? Do you think? Well, that it's great information because some people will spend most of their night in light sleep versus deep sleep. So depending on the different stages. So, and, and a lot of it depends on which expert you talk to. So predominantly most sleep experts agree that there's about four stages of sleep roughly. Uh, and, and there's non-REM, non-REM, and then there's REM, right? So most of us are familiar with the REM term, rapid eye movements. 
uh, and, and then non-RAM is, uh, there's three stages and that's going to be your latency, which is your, how fast you fall asleep. So again, most of us should take somewhere between probably four to seven minutes to 10 minutes, roughly to fall asleep. Some people are going, Oh my word, that takes me hours to fall asleep. That's not healthy sleep then. Okay. So if you're laying there, ruminating about the day, thinking about things you need to do, and you're exhausted, we call that, uh, you know, tired, but wired. Well, that, that means that your, your brain is activated for whatever habits that you did prior to going to bed, whether that's caffeine, whether that was lights, as we talked about physical activity too late in the day, can actually be very stimulating to the brain as well. So you have to play with this a little bit. And as you mentioned, all of us are individuals and one thing will work for others and not for another person. And so you have to be very careful or at least be intuitive and listen to your body. And, and, but without the data, how do I know? Right. So that's why I do think the data is important. And that's where these devices come in handy. So how quick I fall asleep. Then most of us will go into light sleep and we'll spend, oh, somewhere around an hour in that uh, light sleep space, which is uh, when things, your body's starting to slow things down. Your muscles are starting to, you know, basically almost uh, paralyze. I mean, they're starting to really shut down to get into that, the next stage, which was what we call deep sleep. So deep, so you go from latency, falling asleep. And isn't that funny how if you fall asleep, like within one or two minutes, you're an exhausted individual. And, uh, and sometimes we do, right? We've been that tired where it, we're probably asleep before our head hits the pillow. And um, that's that means your adrenals and your stress glands are pretty beat up because you're on the edge of sleep as soon as you slow down. That's not a healthy way to walk around. You're going to have brain fog. You're not feel good. You're not going to be able to make good mental decisions. And so, but nonetheless, so latency, meaning how quick I fall asleep, uh, which is a non-REM stage and then non-REM in light sleep, which gets us ready to go into deep sleep. Now, deep sleeps where it's the highest quality sleep. Uh, that's when it's very difficult to wake up. Most of us know teenagers, you know, younger population will get into that deep sleep where you're shaking them on the shoulder. They don't budge. Yeah, that's in a good, solid, deep sleep. Um, most of us, again, will spend a few hours, well, probably again, anywhere from 40 to 90 minutes in deep sleep. But we cycle through these, right? So you're going, you, you might do three or four cycles um between light sleep, deep sleep, and then getting into REM and then going back to light sleep, deep sleep, you know, through the night. And so you, that's where these devices help you understand, hey, you only got 40 minutes total of deep sleep. Well, how does it even know that, right? Well, usually it's checking your heart rate variability and your heart rate itself. Your heart rate in your deep sleep will drop to the lowest. Uh, an athlete like you, Joe, that stays active, I bet your heart rate drops down into the 50s, maybe even into the 40s when you're in that deep sleep. In the emergency department, if you were dropping down in the 40s, we'd be warming up the paddles, you know? And so, <laughs> and and uh, sometimes when I'm talking to the nurses, they're getting worked up and I'm like, it's okay because this person more than likely is an athlete, you know, just let, just give them a minute, their body will fix it. And, and it's kind of funny how sometimes being patient, um, things turn around on their own. So, but again, deep sleep, very important to, uh, you know, to be restorative and to feel better in the morning. And then of course, REM is where a lot of people are having their vivid dreams. Um, and, 
If you spend too much time in RAM, though, it can create stress on the system. So it's again, it's all about balance, right? Yeah. So this is this is great. I I used to just kind of skip over um, with my Garmin and what the data is because I'm looking more for uh, heart rate zones and workouts and so forth and mm-hmm. all the details that come. But I'm starting to become more conscious of it. Again, make sleep a priority. And so I'm trying to do things. So all this information that you're giving right now is so, so very valuable and um, something that we can all work on whether it's taking baby steps or jumping right into it, there's, there's other things that we can be doing. Like uh, you mentioned melatonin. Let's talk about some new natural um, ingredients, natural things that God put on this earth for our benefit that we've figured out cultures all around the world have figured out, but we'll start with melatonin. It's not necessarily something that just grows in a plant like valerian or something like that, but let's talk about melatonin. You mentioned it earlier. This has become very popular um, help us understand melatonin because this is something we, we, our body produces, mm-hmm. but if we take yeah. it, it can help, help us understand how, uh, how that can help us. Well, melatonin is a fascinating hormone and we're learning more and more about it. It, it, um, it's associated with sleep. Okay. And because it does, but most of the time melatonin won't make you drowsy. Okay. Melatonin helps the circadian rhythm. It helps that balance within the body to know when my melatonin levels are higher in my body. Hey, it's time. It's time to start sleeping. Okay. Or at least starting to consider I'm going to shut down for the evening. And what, and what we see with melatonin, because it, it, it's interesting to me. I've listened to a lot of experts on this and there's some experts that love melatonin and there's some experts that hate melatonin in the sense of a supplement. And, uh, and so to me, you could argue back and forth, but all the literature that I've read, I, I kind of like melatonin for a lot of different reasons. And melatonin, number one, helps create that, again, that circadian rhythm and that balance within the system. It rarely will shut you down, meaning that I take a melatonin and I'm groggy and I'm stumbling around. That's not going to happen. But once I fall asleep, it can help you stay asleep. You know if you get too much melatonin because you'll spend more time in REM. So you get the extremely vivid dreams that are borderline nightmarish. Well, then that means that I probably took a little too much for my system. Well, what's too much? Well, again, it has to be very individualized. Some of the naysayers say that if you take too much melatonin, you shut down your own production of melatonin. Uh, I haven't seen any studies on that. That's a theory. Um and so I, I don't know if I agree with that because there are, you know, uh, studies going back into the 1950s and 40s and even earlier with melatonin showing the benefits. And melatonin, extremely beneficial to our immune systems. And at one point, melatonin was being studied as an anti-cancer drug because it activated that portion of your immune system that goes around and kills cancer cells. And so, but the unfortunate thing with melatonin, it showed success in rodent studies, but they never really went to human studies because you can't patent melatonin. And so therefore there's really not a lucrative, mm. you know, incentive, right? To uh, continue down that as a drug. And so they developed melatonin like medications and ran with those. And so, but the point is, is that melatonin also extremely beneficial for our mitochondria. And many of us are listening, are hearing about the mitochondria nowadays, 
we associate with them as as a power, you know, the powerhouse of the cell where they create energy and they do, but they have a lot of other roles in the body. But melatonin is a crucial player with the health of our mitochondria and utilizing energy in a beneficial way. And so if we have the adequate amounts of melatonin in our system, we're going to have a better metabolism. Well, again, can I take melatonin throughout the day? Oh, you could. Uh, some people do. Some people don't. Um, it depends. If if I had a certain condition, medical condition that I was treating, um, I think to take melatonin throughout the day is a very reasonable thing. It's, you know, space three or four times. Um, that's that's if I had, you know, certain types of cancers or if I had other types of autoimmune, I think melatonin could be beneficial that way. The, ma- the majority of us use it at night to help balance that circadian rhythm. But I don't see anything but benefits from melatonin. How much you take depends on each individual. Mm-hmm. Perfect. I, I love this. Thank you so much. And there's lots of other um, natural, like I said, natural plants that have been put on this earth for, for mm-hmm. our purpose. You've got valerian, stinks, mm-hmm. kind of smells like got a poopy smell to it but um <laughs> but but it works i, I mean have I, I, yeah i like valerian it less the smell but it's but it works you got right. chamomile you got uh lavender you've got passion flower and holly basil and and skull cap and do you have any favorites out of out of all of those or any no i think all of those are excellent and most of the time you can get you know, all of those in certain quantities, you know, within a sleep aid, you know, a yeah. natural sleep aid, as we'd call it, they'll put in a few of those. And I think all of those are excellent uh, choices. Again, people have to play with them a little bit to see if they'll help in what way. Most most of the time, those those type of, uh, um, you know, natural products are going to help relax the brain so that people will drift off to sleep. So if you have a hard time uh, falling asleep, I think those are excellent you know, uh, uh, products that you can add in a very safe way. There's really no side effects to them, um, other than drowsiness, which, okay. That's they, what you're uh, looking for. Uh, <laughs> you know, and, and, uh, but in order to stay asleep, I think that's where some of the hormones come in. Uh, the hacks that we talked about, meaning that people say, well, I fall asleep, but then I wake up frequently throughout the night and, and then they don't get a restful night's sleep. If you're waking up, you know, throughout the night, if you're waking up extremely early, say three o'clock in the morning, and they have a hard time going back to sleep, you have adrenal disorders. You, your your stress glands are out of whack, and you need to work on those. And one is one of the best ways is sleep. But the uh, um, uh, magnesium, as we talked about, wonderful to uh, um, enhance the the nervous system and and relax the brain. Um, magnesium is wonderful for the heart. Isn't it funny that if people come in uh, nowadays with heart failure, uh, we're starting to give them magnesium? Well, who would have thought, you know, in the emergency department? Uh, if they have uh, respiratory distress and they're having asthma, we, we're giving them magnesium. You know, it, it just makes me laugh that here's this natural, you know, mineral that, that out there that now has found its place in emergency medicine. Um, you know, and, and what a, but what a wonderful tool because you don't have to really worry about you know, side effects, right? Which is great. And so, but uh, there's another one called GABA, G-A-B-A. GABA is a, uh, yeah, is is uh, a protein or amino acid that you can take 
neurotransmitters, another term, very relaxing to the body, very relaxing to the brain. Some people in the back to magnesium too, like to take Epsom salt baths Mm. as part of their routine, which is a great idea. But what is Epsom salt? It's magnesium sulfate. And so it's a great way to absorb magnesium through your skin to relax the body and activate that parasympathetic nervous system so that you can have a high quality sleep. Wow. How about tryptophan? Tryptophan, great. I actually like that one. Tryptophan is, you know, going to convert to serotonin, which will convert eventually to melatonin. And so, uh, uh, again, it's kind of an upstream product, but it can be very beneficial. It is an amino acid. Uh, It can affect neurotransmitter balance. You have to play with that dose a little bit. But yes, I think that that's a great idea. I think a lot of um, amino acids at, at, at nighttime can be very helpful to create balance within those neurotransmitters that uh, affect the brain and our sweet quality. Okay. How about mixing them like melatonin? Say you want to do melatonin with like tryptophan or melatonin with GABA and, and chamomile or whatever it might be. You're okay to, is it okay to mix these? Yes. In my experience, uh, very much so. Uh, sometimes it might, it might be a better idea to start, you know, with, with them individually if you're having a hard time and in the sense of, so that you know, which one is really helping you the most. Right. Mm -hmm. So if I start with a little bit of melatonin, you know, most over the counter products come in a one milligram, sometimes up to three milligrams, sometimes up to five milligram. Most people are going to nestle in somewhere between three and 10 milligrams. I would say, um, uh, uh, a lot of experts, uh, there are some out there that argue with that. They think the lower doses are better. Uh, again, everybody has to play with it just a little bit. Um, but you know, if I, if I added that for three, four nights and it really wasn't doing much and I played a little bit with the dose, then I would bring in, you know, chamomile or bring in, uh, as we mentioned, magnesium or bring in valerian, you know, and so I'm going to bring them in if I can one at a time so I can see which one's the most beneficial and is helping me the most, but melatonin. And magnesium, as you can tell, I'm a fan of both of these. Um, I take them both. Those should almost be staples. You know, to me, I even if I really don't feel like I need it, I take it because, number one, melatonin, as I mentioned, is enhancing my immune system and is really throwing a few extra janitors in there to sweep up and clean up, you know, and, and repair uh, my body as I sleep. And then magnesium is just something that most of us are deficient in that has wonderful properties, you know, for various organs and uh, uh, biochemistry within the body. Wow. Dr. Johnson, this has been an incredible episode. I'm so grateful for this time that you've given us. I'm so honored that you would join on on my podcast and, and to be a part of, and help us understand uh, through your experience and your wisdom of what we can do to make sleep a priority, make it, make an important part, uh, learn how to put that constru- under construction sign up every night and, and understand why we need to do that. Um, as you mentioned, we could go on to lots of other subjects and I hope you'll join me in a, in a, in a future podcast because I'd love to dive into 
heart disease and whatever, whatever other subject we would like to go. But I chose sleep for a reason. I chose this number one, not only because I really enjoyed how you taught that in, in my, in my past, that's really helped and made a difference for me. And so I thank you for that. But also it's something that people could start working on right away that can affect their lives in so many ways in all the different roles that we play and everything. If they're looking like, oh, I'm just dragging my body or my health is down, my immune system's consistently down, um, whatever it might be, I'm groggy, I'm grumpy, I'm, mm-hmm. this is something a person can do immediately. And I, and I uh, hope you're taking good notes, everyone, because this is good stuff from Dr. Von Johnson. So thank you for joining. Any last thoughts that you want to share before we uh, close this episode? Well, you know, Joe, I appreciate it. Thanks for the time. Anytime we can get together and chat about health and uh, how to improve your health. Uh, uh, you know, to me, that's always uh, a good time and it's fun. We've done it many times over the past several years. And so thank you. And, and, and thanks for being an example to all of us in the sense of, again, not only, you know, uh, uh, talking the talk, but then walking it as we say. And so that I appreciate, but you're hundred percent correct with sleep. Sleep is a, it's kind of like exercise. It's something that we can do It's something that we have complete power over, something that we can change. And the implications with your health and the improvement in your health is quick. You'll notice changes fast. And if any of us have, you know, anxieties or depressions, uh, um, you know, these type of uh, uh, behavioral medicine issues, sleep and sleep quality will improve those symptoms dramatically uh, within days, you know, if you can improve your sleep. And so to me, take it, you know, as make it a priority. And as we're, you know, coming up on a new year and making resolutions, you know, now's the day, you know, let's just start enhancing my sleep. Let's, I'm going to think about my sleep and I'm going to do what I can to fix that and improve it. Thank you, Dr. Johnson. Really appreciate this. And I look forward to future discussions together. Thank you everyone for joining on this episode of a cup of Joe. My name's Joe Morton. My guest today is Dr. Von Johnson. Grateful for your time, Dr. Johnson. And I encourage everyone to make it a great day. Thank you very much.